This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Cambridge Analytica drilled deep, looking for a trove of social media data. After allegations that data firm Cambridge Analytica... If your personal information was compromised in the Equifax data breach... Millions of users of the credit reporting agency Equifax have had their personal information accessed by hackers. About four years ago, I received an email from the federal government saying my private information had been exposed during a major data breach. I didn't know what I could do about the situation. Sure. I became slightly more aware of the dangers of having my information exposed, and I signed up for credit monitoring. But I didn't know how to protect myself from future breaches, and I didn't know whether I had any recourse to deal with the one I'd already experienced. I'm Jen Hardy. I'm Ben Cheever, and we're with LookWest. So Jen's situation is sadly not unique. Although the 21st century has seen some incredible technological advances, Much of it has come at the great cost to our privacy. To help address this issue, California passed the California Consumer Privacy Act, or the CCPA. It took effect at the start of the year, so we sat down with its author, Assemblymember Ed Chow, to talk about what the bill does and the rights it gives us as California consumers. Beginning in 2020, California consumers will have the right to uh, find out what personal information is being collected uh, from them, uh, the source of the collection, and also with whom the uh, information is going to be shared. Uh, in addition, the consumers will have the right to uh, uh, demand that the information not be shared with anyone else, uh, and also uh, they have the right to say delete the information. Now, if the consumer exercises any of the rights that I mentioned, he or she should not be discriminated against. Uh, for exercising such right. This is all because of the passage of the CCPA, which stands for California Consumer Privacy Act of 2018. Now, the principle behind the passage of the law is the fact that consumers should have control over their own personal data uh, because it is their data, it is their privacy, therefore it is their choice. So far, the California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA, has been characterized as the most comprehensive and the strongest privacy law in the country. And uh, in the sense that it provides a lot of rights and options for consumers in California. Assemblymember Chow then expanded on a particular European law that takes on this issue. As far as uh, the world, Uh, Last year, uh, the GDPR, the European law, also kicked in. Uh, Now, the GDPR is similar to the CCPA in many regards. Uh, Conceptually, they also provide a lot of rights to the consumers. For example, the right to know information, the right to delete, the right to, uh, to say no to the sharing of information. And that law, the GDPR, has been gradually uh, integrated uh, within the community in Europe. Things in the U.S. are a little bit different. California was the first state in the nation to pass such a comprehensive data privacy law. But others may soon be following. Because California is uh, always the battleground for a lot of significant uh, policy debate. So as a result of the passage of the law in 2018, many states have followed suits Uh, by introducing similar laws uh, uh, this year. Uh, Some have uh, more successes than others. Uh, For example, the state of uh, Nevada uh, has passed something, uh, and also the state of Maine, 
I believe the state of Washington is also on the verge of passing some some similar law. Uh, and the state of Vermont also passed a law on data brokers. Here in California, what good is a law if there's no real method of enforcement? That's where California's attorney general comes into play. The uh, law is being enforced by the California state attorney general. So the attorney general uh, has the right and obligation to enforce any provision of the law and there's penalties associated with the uh, violation as well. And if the act is, for example, intentional, then the fine would be much higher. Um, now, with respect to the consumers, they also have a right to bring a private right of action, what we call a limited uh, private right of action, meaning that in, this, uh, in the case of a, a data breach, meaning that the data has been leaked uh, uh, negligently, for example, then the consumer would have the right to bring a lawsuit against that company for any damages sustained by that uh, consumer. So if this law had been in effect when Jen's data was exposed in 2015, she potentially could have been rightfully compensated if the company was found to have been negligently storing her data. It's stories like this that really highlight why these new data privacy rights are so necessary and important for us. And to talk a little bit more about this, we gave Alistair McTaggart, a real estate developer turned privacy rights activist, a call. The New York Times pegged him as the most improbable and perhaps the most important privacy activist in America. He initially got involved in this issue after having a conversation with a Google engineer, who told him that he'd be horrified if he knew how much data Google had on us. After that conversation, he became a pivotal player in the battle over our privacy rights. We opened the conversation with his thoughts on data algorithms and the power behind our private information. In any one transaction, oftentimes people think, oh, well, does it really matter if, if uh, this company knows that I'm looking at these shoes? And perhaps in, in, the, in some instances, in, in that one instance, it's not a big deal. But uh, across a consumer's pattern of behavior, including where they're going, what they're searching for, uh, what they're interested in, that reveals really an extraordinary amount about who you are. And there's a, a fellow um, a researcher at, the, at Stanford, Paul Kaczynski, and he's got a, uh, uh, an algorithm and a paper out showing that with access to 300, just 300 of your likes on Facebook, they can predict your answers to a personality quiz better than your spouse. The data knows you better than anybody else in your life. And with that comes power. If I know how to get a hold of you and really, you know, get into, inside your head, I can, I can start to convince you of things, whether it's uh, what to buy or more perniciously, you know, how to feel about an issue. Assemblymember Chow also shared his thoughts on the power behind our data and the influence it can lead to, as well as how all of this can lead to these high-profile breaches, most notably the Equifax and Cambridge Analytica breaches. Now, the issue of privacy has gained a great deal of attention over the last uh, few years. Um, and uh, we have heard uh, from various sources about data breaches, for example, uh, the Equifax data breach situation, uh, where 137 million people's private information was breached. And uh, most recently, uh, there was the Cambridge Analytica situation, uh, where uh, it started out as a research project of about 200,000 people. This is in connection with Facebook. Uh, it ended up uh, having uh, the private information of uh, 87 million people's private information being compromised and uh, uh, 
being used subsequently in a presidential election. Now, this was all done without the knowledge or consent of the 87 million people. So, uh, as as a society, uh, I think we're getting uh, paying more attention to uh, privacy. We're paying more attention to the uh, value of information. And Mr. McTaggart discussed how these two breaches directly affected the drafting and passage of the law. The Equifax one came up during. Uh, our drafting, and that prompted the inclusion of the negligent data breach uh, provision that we have in the the law in CCPA, which requires that if a company doesn't keep your information safe, uh, then they have liability for it. If they don't have reasonable practices and procedures keeping it safe, then there's liability for it. Um, Cambridge Analytica happened later while we were uh, gathering our signatures and while we were sort of uh, starting our campaign. And I think that dramatically changed the public uh, perception and so it kind of went from people wondering why we were spending our time and money, why I was spending my time and money doing this, to, oh, I get it. There's a, there, there is an issue here. Uh, so it was really very vital in terms of uh, changing public opinion and I think giving us more credibility. I don't consider myself like an a, a alarmist. And I, look, I tend to think that these, these things are tools that could be used tremendously, like, you know, to really bad effect in the wrong hands. But in general, I think they're, 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 so far they're being used mostly commercially to you know, get advertising and whatnot. But I'm not sure they're being used to the maximum extent that they could be used. But that's why I think we need laws right made to make sure that they're not. You know, really, we need to shut the, 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 the door before the horse leaves. Like there's a well-publicized case in 2017 of a company that was putting geofences around abortion clinics and tracking women who were going into the abortion clinics and then showing these right-to-life ads. You know, it's a child, not a choice. You know, call us now. When a woman's at her most vulnerable, these, these are these are really invasive technologies. So to protect us from these invasive technologies, the CCPA gives us the rights to start taking back control of our own information. So CCPA does three main things. It has the right to know, which is the right to go to a company and say, what have you collected about me? It is the right to say no. And that's the right to tell a company, uh, please don't sell my information. Uh, you've collected it. OK, I get it. But don't sell it to another company that I've never heard of um, because I'm dealing with business with you, but I'm not doing business with a bunch of companies I've never heard of. And then the third main pillar is this right to say, hey, if you're keeping my information, if you're collecting it, please keep it safe. Okay, I want to explain the right to say no we've now heard so much about. For companies to be affected by this law, it must meet one of the following criteria. Have an annual gross revenue of over $25 million dollars receive or share personal information of more than 50,000 California residents annually, or generate at least half of their annual revenue by selling the data of California consumers. So, if a company meets just one of those criteria, they'll have to give any California consumer who is 17 or older the option to opt out of having their data sold to third parties. And there will be a clear and easy way to do this from their website. Now, if you're between the ages of 13 and 16, companies cannot sell your data unless you actually go in and opt in to having your data sold. And finally, businesses cannot sell the data of any child under the age of 13 without that opt-in consent from that child's parent or legal guardian. Mr. McTaggart talked to us about how the European law we heard about earlier incorporates the opt-in, opt-out method. In Europe, there's a law called GDPR, where it's 
what's called opt-in before they can collect your information. You have to say, yes, you can collect my information. What I don't love about that law, and, and, and many have sort of also uh, criticized a little bit, is that it's kind of binary. Either you say, yes, you can collect my information, or you say, no, uh, you can't. And there's, there's really nothing you can do about it once you said yes. And so if you want to get that car, Uber, outside the bar at 2 a.m., you're going to say yes, and then it's sort of business as usual. I thought, you know, let's give the consumer, let's, let's assume the consumers understand who they're doing business with. I'm going to do business with Uber or Lyft or Google or Facebook. But that doesn't mean I want my information sold to hundreds of companies I've never heard of. This issue has really been at the forefront of California politics over the past year. So much so that Governor Newsom addressed it during his 2019 inauguration, saying that we as consumers should be able to share in the wealth that is created from our own data. The governor directed his staff to propose some sort of data dividend for Californians, but no details have been officially released on that yet. One idea that's been floated out is a model similar to the way Alaska shares the wealth of its oil by sending a check of $1,500 each year to every resident. So, there's still questions that need answers to, but one thing Assemblymember Chow is certain of is that our data should be under our own control. I think the most important thing that uh, California consumers uh, should know about C the CCPA is the fact that they should have control over their own data. Because once their data is out there, it is very difficult to retrieve that data, and it is very difficult to predict what other people will do with their data. And in the end, do we want our data to be collected at all or deleted entirely? The ultimate question is, you know, do we want to allow uh, businesses to share that information or do we want that information to be deleted from the records? And where is the nation going from here? California is often at the vanguard. I think we are again. And so what's going to happen, I'm convinced, is we've now done this. It is going to be impossible for your cable company or phone company to say to the New Yorker or the Texan, hey, yeah, your friend, your brother-in-law, your aunt has uh, those rights in California, but we're not going to give them to you here when people know that all it is is throwing a switch. Not even that. You know? So it's, it's, it's going to be untenable long-term to have sort of two Americas, the have and the have-not with respect to information privacy. Uh, I, think, I, I luckily think we were able to do this before. The, the, you know, if we waited another 10 years, who knows, maybe it would have been too late. In part two of this data privacy podcast, Jen Hardy, who you heard from at the top of the show, will be back with me for a conversation with Elizabeth Galicia from Common Sense Media, another critical player in this fight. In the analog world that someone sort of opened my front door, they've walked in, they've walked around my house and maybe taken notes or taken some things and they've left. And that is, that is happening with our data. I'm Ben Cheever with Look West. Thanks for listening. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. Please subscribe and rate this show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And when you think of California and politics, remember to look west.